0: Hello and welcome to Caffeinated Cats, a bi-weekly podcast where students, faculty, and staff come together for discussions of Chico State and life around the CSU Chico campus. Welcome to Caffeinated Cats. I am Zach Justice, Interim Director of Faculty Development.
1: I'm Tracy Butts, friend of Lisa Harris and Taylor Clark, the only people on the planet who actually listen to this podcast.
2: <laughs> hey, y'all. <laughs> and I'm Mary Walmark, and apparently I need to make some friends and get them to listen to the uh, podcast. Apparently. I work in student life and leadership. And uh, I am Malcolm Dixon,
3: a graduating senior. Woo-woo. Oh, nice. Yay.
0: So today our topic is graduation and transitions. Mary, what are we drinking to commemorate this occasion?
2: Well, I'm glad you asked. And if you could see this drink, you'd see that it transitions from the top from light down to dark. Uh, Transitions can... Be also awkward because this is an icy drink and it's raining outside in May in Chico, which shouldn't be happening. But it's called a black tie, which also kind of matches up. We are getting ready for graduation, Malcolm will be there. Mm -hmm. Hopefully, a lot of you will too. So, give it a taste, see what you think.
0: That is uh, (laughs) that is thick,
3: right? Right, the (laughs) bottom right, it's
2: all part of the transition, Mm.
1: And, and I still wasn't prepared for the thickness. This time, it, really, yeah. it just it does feel like a lunch.
0: It a doesn't
2: shake. look it doesn't
0: look like a milkshake, yeah. no. My but,
1: milkshake came by the boys to the young.
0: That's that's a little bit of what's going on. You know, they've been advertising this over at my favorite coffee place in the world, Common Grounds, for quite a while, and I've been curious to try. And so, thank you for for saving my curiosity. I think the key <laughs> 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 really is you have
2: to stir because there yeah. is evaporated milk on the bottom. Yeah. Uh, it's evaporated oh. milk, cold brew, and then half and half. I like the taste of it. Oh and a little chicory. A little chicory.
1: I just gotta move, you know, I gotta get to the the left thick part.
2: Right, right. <laughs> oh god, I just
1: right. got
0: the thick part. Yeah. Okay. yeah. you don't wanna you don't want to get the straw too far down right, right. in the grain. Start good. Yeah.
1: Stare it good. I think I would have
3: succeed with the yeah. position. It's <laughs> <laughs> gotta be just right.
1: That was weird. I thought you were going to be able No, I wasn't no. being worried about the loo, you do. Give it
2: that a healthy stir um,
0: so, here we are at the end of the semester, and indeed the end of the academic year, and lots of people are moving in different directions. Malcolm, you are our guest of honor. Why don't you talk to us about your
3: transition? Um, my transition feels really natural, really good, because I already made a transition uh, just just in the way that I kind of approach my education. So, I, I went from being very highly involved to, like, almost non-existent on campus, except for the class, so... To me, the transition feels kind of smooth.
0: So you were sort of breaking up with the university before the breakup. Mm.
3: Right. (laughs) I mentally started separating myself.
1: And you didn't even tell
3: anybody. Yeah, <laughs> no. Sometimes no, that's classic. No
1: call They have some called yeah.
3: ghosting now. Where you, <laughs> <laughs> you wake up and then your partner, their partner's gone. And it's, like, yeah, it's like that was. Me. So you didn't ghost us.
1: You
0: just. no
3: Well, some people got ghosted. I guess it. You know, it wasn't intentional. It was just. I feel like we don't talk anymore. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> I that was like my <laughs> I feel a little bit like it's ghosting because Malcolm, you and I know each other, and honestly, until he said that you were going to be the. Student- Guess, I was like,
3: his mouth was still here. <laughs> you know, uh, another uh, f- uh, faculty um, or actually a uh, staff member, CC Carter, he said the same. He was like, Who is this guy? I don't know this guy. Like, so, I mean, I, I've definitely disappeared, um, but it helped me focus just in general for transitioning out of um, higher education. I feel like all my years involved, like in hindsight, I'm like, I did those in part because I was looking forward to more years here. Hmm. But as I started to get towards the tail end, I was like, I'm not I don't have more years here, I'm gonna move on. So um and it kinda just happened. And, you know, it wasn't like I sat there and said, Okay, I'm not gonna show up. It's just I just slowly withdrew from things and um before you knew it I just went to class. You
0: know, the university is weird like that. It's not like other jobs that people have where some of the people that you work the most closely with and form the closest bonds with come and go. I mean the, for for most of those folks, the longest that I'll ever work with somebody is four, maybe five years along the way. And that's only if you start working with them really early. It is it is quite different than going to work at an insurance agency where you may work with the same people for 20 years. I mean, we have our coworkers, but the student population, there's a, it's in a constant state of turnover yeah. and it does make it a different place to work.
2: Yeah, yeah, it's permanent transience. It, it is, is kind of a dichotomy,
1: right? right? Well, it's <laughs> and, and as a faculty member, you know you're there, and and you work with students, and you know they're getting all excited because you know graduation is coming, and 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 they're leaving and they're going off to start a new chapter in your life, and you're like, I, I'll still be here, yeah, <laughs> I'll, I'll be here next year, and maybe the year after that, provided you know I don't do something that they're like, thank you, <laughs> I'm no longer required. But yeah, I mean, you're in a state of permanence, and mm-hmm. they're al- always transitioning. I mean, it's it's interesting. Sometimes you're like, I
2: want to transition, right? Right. <laughs> Instead, I'm the rock in the stream. <laughs> in this water. Right. Uh, it's funny though, because it's 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 certainly bittersweet. I think for a lot of students too, that because I I was asking one of. Uh, uh, our uh, student employees who works for uh, Associated Students Productions. And I was like, you know, Katie, how many days now until you walk? And she was like, oh, let me see, 19. I was like, that's so awesome. And I said, well, you don't count today, so it's really 17 or eight, 18, and don't count the day you walk, so it's like only 17. <laughs> and she said, no, I want to go the other way. I want it to be more days. <laughs> right. And I was a little surprised by that. But, but then, you know, we do so much to hype students up and prepare them to enter and then, you know, to be here. And then colleges don't, it's kind of like a very laissez-faire, very right. passive, like, right. oh, P.S., show up to the ceremony and good luck out there. Yeah. Let us know how it goes.
0: When, when I was an undergrad, one of my best friends self-sabotaged in his final semester. He had a one-unit class that he had to take in and get, it was credit, no credit, in order to finish his degree program and he just completely self sabotaged to stay here for, like, I think another year, another two years, and finish a different degree program, the thing that he was actually interested in. But it was like at that very end, he was like, This is absolutely not <laughs> yeah. me. I don't want to
2: do this. Ready. Oh, yeah. Okay.
1: No, and, and, you know, I've been an advisor. for for, for a, an academic program and I have seen people who have come in and I remember very distinctly I had a, a young woman who was like I don't want to leave mm-hmm. I don't ever want to leave it is warm and it is comfortable here and I was like girl this is the womb and you got to go <laughs> like, you can't just you can't just hang out here for another uh, you know 10 <clears throat> years it's time like,
0: so I think the takeaway so far is we need to make the university worse no. Oh, <laughs> so that then people are ready people uh, are ready to go.
3: You know, on that note, that's very funny because um, you know, I, I came in here in fall of two thousand eight. So I've been here for eight years, so I've been here double the time to get a bachelors and that's partly because I, I've worked at least two jobs the entire time. At one point I was doing three while in school. So trying to do my own work in school. And then also being involved at the same time um, made 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 my process to to finish my degree much longer. But also there were points where, like, things happened in my life, like a relative passed away, or my partner had things and we had to work those out, or family issues, and then I didn't finish. So I think almost to an extent I've had that, like, okay, I'm ready to go. Like, I'm not Mm -hmm. counting down the days. And, like, people tell me how many days are left, and I'm like, oh, we really have two weeks. Oh, we really have three weeks. Um... I just, I just show up and go to class and I'm just like, you know, okay, whatever we need to do to get this done. Right. So I think I kind of, you know, mindset wise transitioned to where I almost, almost, I kind of feel like I'm out of school to an extent Mm -hmm. um, because I've been in school for so long and because I detached myself from like a large chunk of my schooling, which was the amount of involvement I, you know, I did. so
0: I I do want to just address something that you said real quick and that's. Uh, we call them four-year degrees, but statistically, that's not how students move through their education. It's about one in five students that finishes a degree in four years. The much more common graduation time is is six years, and even at six years, that's only about 57% of our students. So, I mean, I... I, I took a little bit longer to graduate because I had some other stuff that I wanted to get done along the way. And sometimes I talk to undergrads and they're like, oh, I feel like I, I've been here for five years. My parents are really mad at me or, or I feel like I'm a disappointment because it took me six years or eight years or whatever. But the thing is, getting out and getting a degree, that's the thing that's important. That's it. Right. And if that took you four years because that's all you were doing and you had all these resources at your disposal, Great. But if that took you eight years, and that's the time that you needed to get it done, that's still a life-changing
3: event. That is, that Yeah. Is. You know, I think that's it. I did struggle with the the notion of, like, I should have been done. And what was funny is I actually had peers that I went to high school with that had graduated where I'd be telling them, like, yeah, I should have been done. And they'd be like, you're fine. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, and they've had the degree for a year or two years, three years. Um, and and, and the, even they have said, so it wasn't just, you know, sometimes if you have somebody older, Telling you that you're fine. You're like, well, of course you're going to say that because you've been through that. You've lived that experience. But to have somebody in my same, you know, peer group say, no, you're like, you have nothing to worry about. That was interesting. And, uh, you know, kind of made you feel like, okay, maybe I, may, maybe I am okay.
1: Yeah, I mean, the name of the game is persistence. It is. It, mm-hmm. it is. It is persistence. And um, I don't care if it takes you four years, six years, eight years. Hell, there have been people who come back, you know, gone out, raised right. families, and then come out, you know, come back. And it, it's about, it's just about seeing it through to completion. And one of the things that drive me crazy is when people, um, you know, push this notion, particularly on incoming freshmen, that you got to get out in four years. And so they come in their first year and they take 15 units and they're taking 15 units of things that are all helter-skelter. And then they end up, right, you know, not doing so well because they've not had good advising. Um They try to do too much too soon. I mean, you know, you're coming and right. you're finally getting this this whole taste of, of independence and self-motivation and all that stuff down. And somebody says, oh, here, take these 15 or 18 units so that you can graduate in four years. And then you dig yourself in a hole. And we see a lot of students who are in that position where they're trying to make up, right? Right, for not having gotten got good advice coming in, that takes a little bit longer right. as well. And we also have to take into account, you know, universities aren't being funded in the same way that they have. And therefore, we have more students, but we don't have as many classes or faculty or staff to support them as they're making it through this, this thing. So um, that's a very, I don't know, 1950s, 70s sort of notion of four years. Because even right. when I was in college in the 80s, Four years wasn't something that was like you know a guaranteed thing. Really?
0: Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, it in a lot of really elite American institutions, almost everybody graduates in four years. But that's because everybody that's there is either rich, so you don't have to work; you have resources at your disposal, or you're there on a incredibly generous and supportive scholarship. And institutions like ours, which our graduation rates are actually really high comparatively around the CSU system mm-hmm. and, and around the country. But, I mean, there there are – we blame students all the time. Students get blamed in the media all the time for, oh, it took this person this long to graduate or this person didn't graduate. But, like, even with Malcolm, right? So 2008, you start here. Mm-hmm. By the time 2009 2010 roll around, there are severe budget cuts. Right. And those don't even just impact, Tracy's right, those impact how many courses are being offered, how many teachers people are going to teach them and schedules. But, I mean, we put unit caps in place. So even if you got to a place where you're like, I know exactly what I want to do and I can make this schedule and I've got the time to do it. And you wanted to take more than 15 or 16 units. The answer was no.
3: Yeah. Even if
0: you were knew exactly what you wanted to do
3: and wanted to make up time and get that done, you quite literally could not do it. Well, even courses were uh, being pulled. I remember courses for my for my major specifically, they, there'd be like three sections offered, and then they got reduced to one. So then some semesters, people might have been signed up for the spring, but then they only could get in, in the fall. Or, you know, so then, yeah, those sorts of delays because of courses uh, definitely was something to navigate.
2: Well, bit. so let me ask you this question, Malcolm. Because now you're totally ready. You're ready to go, mm-hmm. right? What sorts of things do you think contributed really to that readiness? That's a great question.
3: Um, a lot of really hard falls. <laughs> you know, a lot of really hard falls. Uh, I think in my personal life is is mm-hmm. what it took. Like, and trying to navigate those. Because, um, you know, if I think in hindsight, there probably are a lot of times that I went stop, and I didn't stop. Um. I think that that's probably a part of what made me feel ready. And then also, like I said, you know, a large part of my schooling was um, not being as involved. I mean, I was involved in all sorts of organizations. I've worked with all of you in different capacities as far as leadership on campus. Um, and, like, honestly, getting rid of that piece, like, that, that's probably the biggest piece. And then also still working um, off campus also contributed to that because I already kind of do things in relation to what I'm interested in career-wise as a job, and I've been doing that for the last three years. So I think that that also, like, once I stopped being so invested on campus as far as involvement, focused on coursework, and, and only worked off campus and didn't have an on-campus job, um, then, you know, I just kind of, my mindset was just kind of like, okay, I'm already kind of there, I'm already kind of doing it. I don't live on campus like I used to. Now I just show up, I go to class for a couple hours, and then I'm gone. So, um I think that was the biggest thing is is just not doing the involvement piece, honestly.
2: Well, your, your involvement really, if I may, I think it's just changed, right? Because now you've connected to out to things that you want to continue to do. Mm-hmm. It's not like you're at home just sitting around going, "Oh, oh yeah, nothing." Yeah. Right? You, you've built your. Post graduation life, you already have pieces of it now, mm-hmm. which are, are really part of what makes you ready to go. And and as an institution, you know, like we're talking about, okay, students come in, and you know, they may or may not get good advising. There, you know, what should they take? All that kind of stuff. We put a lot of resources into students coming into the university. Mm-hmm. I can think of two offices who really do anything with students going out of the university. And one's the career center mm-hmm. that is like best kept secret. Students don't go to it sometimes. Right. And the other one is our alumni office who's really just saying, hey, good hey. luck, hey. write us. You know? <laughs> we know we have yeah. Yeah. yeah, we have... Yeah. We have oh, well, they're going to find you, don't worry. Yeah. 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 But it, it, that's that sort of thing. You know, right. if we're looking at like transition theory and, and some of that kind of stuff, You've spent your whole life being a student. Your whole life, oh, yeah. you can really remember, you've right. been this identity. You've been a student. And for a lot of students, the self-sabotaging students, they're just not ready to be something else – and we're doing nothing to help them. Mm-hmm. We're not, we're not preparing them for the fiscal impact, for the identity impact, for the interest impact. Mm-hmm. And I love this, this hearing what you're saying about how you, you really transitioned your involvement from I'm on campus, I'm a leader, I'm da 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 to I'm in the community. Mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. that, that's really yeah. intriguing to me. Yeah. Because, because the thing is, he can see
1: possibilities for himself right. outside of this mm-hmm. place where he's already established an identity. And I think when, when you say that, right, when you talk about those people who are like, I'm not going, they can't see, like, himself yeah, in go. the future outside they of They don't that. have anywhere to right? go. Right, and it's no, like, no. what am I going out right. there, too? And I also want to say, you know, I think that's good. Like, the the point that you made about the offices that we have to prepare students when they come. And I think advising does a great job in telling students, right, You need to be thinking Mm -hmm. about these classes. Often, the things that we are sort of pushing against are, like, you know, the advice that, that people get sometimes from their parents, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, and from right. their yeah. high school teacher, teachers or counselors, you know, um, people who are like my age who were in college at a different time, mm-hmm. right, when the goal was, like, go for four, go for four, and even then, you, you, it might likely be five, but, mm-hmm. right, you're going to be somewhere in that ballpark. Um, and then it's so hard for people in advising to push back against, right, what these kids have been told the whole time, like, you got to do it four, you got to do, do it for four, you got to do it for four. And it's just like, no, no, I can. And you're like, no, like, this right. is my sister. <laughs> um, so, I mean, you know, I, I think parents have to kind of calm down So it. it's going to work out. Mm-hmm. It, it, yeah. it is going to work out. They're not going to all end up on your couch at your house eating your snacks. You just <laughs> have to kind of breathe. Like, it's going to work
2: out. At orientation, we give sessions specifically for parents to help them with the transition. Right. Who talks to the parents about graduation? Because some of those kids are moving home too.
1: Right.
2: Surprise, surprise, surprise right? Mm-hmm. Nobody talks to the parents about that. No, you know, from the time we first do admissions outreach to orientation to Wildcat welcome to undergraduate advising, we have all this transition, transition in nothing on the way out. Crickets. Right. So so there's I guess I guess there's a great opportunity there. Yeah. To see where we're going to go. Because y- you are an example, right? You you had to sort of find your own way, and it took eight years. Mm-hmm. And really, nobody helped you. You're self-made, Malcolm. Nobody helped you. You had to fall down and get back up and do all that. But, but you fell forward mm-hmm. into that connection to the outside world. Right. And so you've totally got a place to go. And that's why the transition for you now is like, yeah, oh, two weeks, three weeks, whatever. I'm ready. Right. Yeah.
0: You know, this really speaks – before we started, Mary was talking about that this is a time when we think about lots of different transitions. And one of the ones that we we don't talk about a lot is that when students come into the university, young adults a generous term for, for, lots, for lots of students when they come into the university. And then part of the reason why there's a, or sometimes a reluctance to leave, sometimes there is that there's an initial period of, of failure upon leaving is because – they're not sort of fully formed and grown adults when when they're leaving the university and i mean when i first got to know malcolm and uh, really in 2010 i mean he was he's a different person than he is now right like right now he's a he's he's a he's a full grown man with his <laughs> own ideas and Woo, his, his, <laughs> his his own identity not everybody leaves with the right, right right exactly exactly <laughs> not ever, not everybody right. leaves with that, and very few people have that piece ready when they're when they're coming in, even though we think about them and treat them as adults, and maybe that's the best thing, but like that that transition to adulthood, a lot of it happens here yeah.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah. you know it's interesting it's, it's a it's a good point because um. You know, one of the things I always remember before I came to college was my my dad. He sat me down. And he said, "Okay," because I'm. Not. He said, "Um, he's like you're a disc jockey. So he was like, if you had a final or a big project and it was due tomorrow, and you need to finish it tonight, but somebody offered you money to go DJ a gig, he was like, which one do you pick?" And I remember at the time I was like, I was like, well, you study for the final. Like <laughs> it's just that's an easy that's an easy like you just study for the final. And then, uh, eight years later, at the end of my college career, I'm realizing that there was no right answer to that question. <laughs> sometimes you need to study for the finals. Sometimes you need to go do the gig, come home, and then go study for the final. Um, it's life. So, you know, I mean, uh, you know, my parents doing it before I left for college, um, they really didn't want me to go to school, like, in the immediate area. They didn't want me to go to any universities that were in the same city that, mm. um, that I grew up in, and more important, that they were at, and... I didn't understand why, and then I realized that it was because, you know, if I had gone to Sac State, Sacramento's my hometown, um, if something would have went wrong, then my parents were right there, you know, that safety net is literally right there, the safety net is 100 miles away, um, up here in Chico, and so, um, I can't just go to them for that safety net all the time, um, and so it, it, it really, uh, you know, as far as a college, you know, career for me, I think I feel like it prepped me to be an adult from Jump Street because because I was so removed from my parents and without knowing they were telling me they were telling me, you're going to learn how to be an adult once you get um, into college, especially if we're not too hands on involved, because um, you're going to have to make decisions on your own. And, and that's what being an adult is about. It's about balance. It's about um, maybe doing something and realizing, oh, I shouldn't have done that, or maybe I should have done it a little differently. So uh, I think that also helped my transition was just the, the, the idea that there is no right answer to the decisions that you make. It's just about going through the process, being persistent, um, those sorts of things.
1: You know, um, one quick thing. One of my fondest memories of, of Malcolm was uh, going <laughs> oh, back. She's going back. <laughs> <laughs> she's going back. Um, there was a, a, a Black Alumni Association reunion. Oh, and there was a banquet. And Malcolm was the DJ. And his mom was there. Because she's in love with she goes there, And so he's, you know, at his turntable spinning. His mom was over by the turntable. She just turned it up. Right. And then at some <laughs> point, he puts a fog out and the two of them are on the floor. And they just kill it. <laughs> and that is one of my... I think one of my most fondest memories. He did a good job that night, but when, when.
3: You know, he and his mama took the floor. I was like, "But well, look at him. <laughs> <laughs> She's my biggest judge. Um, she'll criticize me while I'm playing music. <laughs> <laughs> Don't play that song. Hey, get out of this one. <laughs> so, Malcolm, it's that point where we
0: have the impossible question for okay. the guest. All right. So, we've talked a lot about your last eight years here. Mm-hmm. So, fast forward. It's eight years into the future. Okay. Cleveland Browns are defending Super Bowl champions. Oh, gosh. Oh, wow. <laughs> We're nearing the end of, of, of <laughs> Donald Trump's second term as president. Oh, so, man! And
2: God, I'm, I'm leaving. It kind of so I'm just trying I'm just trying to. Just trying to You're and so in Canada. And so
3: right.
0: you know, this is this is Malcolm. Eight years from now, okay. That Malcolm comes back in time mm-hmm. to give you present Malcolm advice. What is future Malcolm telling you?
3: Ah. Oh. That's crazy, right? That is an impossible question. Who comes up with these things? Um, that bad. <laughs> like, I said, well, this can't be so hard. And now I'm like, oh, I don't. You know, uh, probably just Relax. I think that's what I would tell tell myself, just relax just in general. You know, I maybe I might have shaved maybe a year or two off of my graduation if, if I hadn't been so uptight and worried about progress to the point where it became extra stress that made it to where I was here longer. Maybe I would have been more focused, you know, if I would have just relaxed a little bit. So um, I think I would just tell myself to relax, you know future Malcolm doesn't tell you to get involved with the
0: Hillary campaign so there won't no, be two terms well, of Donald Trump. Uh, Well, yeah,
3: well, maybe that, that too. President Malcolm so. might uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> get involved with <laughs> You know, that's, that's something that I haven't been paying attention to politics so I've been so focused on getting out of here and um, I had a conversation with my dad. I said, yeah, I'm just going to focus on getting, he was like, it's probably the best thing to do, son. This is too sad, right? <laughs> it's too sad. Take care of yourself first. No. He was like, "This is gonna happen." Or go ahead. So let's go
0: around for closing thoughts. Mm, mm, mm. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll, I'll start. I'm gonna. I'm gonna share. I'm gonna share a Malcolm memory that I that I've shared before. Oh. Uh, Malcolm and I got to know each other when I was uh, the faculty coordinator for the Great Debate. And one semester, everything was falling apart. I kept asking him to do one thing after another that somebody else was failing to do. Oh, yeah. This and was, then this uh, was he had something. It was like somebody else's like fourth job that I had dumped on him, and he wasn't able to get it done. And he called me at like 730 in the morning. I'd be like, Crying. I'm like I'm like getting out of the <laughs> shower. My wife's handing me the phone. I'm like, what's going on? He's all, oh, I didn't get this done. And, and if you need to fire me. I I totally understand and I respect that decision. (laughs)
3: I'm crying. By the way, I'm like, oh, like oh my, this is
0: this is somebody else's job that I just asked you to do." In addition, to you're not gonna get caught.
3: That's the opposite of this. Uh, I was dead serious. I can't fire
2: you for not covering I was someone so serious. Serious. I had
3: to pull Olivia Pope to go into that meeting that morning. I was like, I was like, "Cry, cry, cry." Okay, pull it together. Get
2: it out of here. <laughs> uh, I think my thing is based on Malcolm. Based on your comments about your relationship with your parents and how that really helped you. Be successful in college. I'm going to stop talking to parents in the summer and summer orientation. I'm just going to bring you in. I say, listen to this guy. Look at him; he's a success. Here's what his parents did. Now every single one of you needs to get on board.
3: You know, it's funny you say the relationship with my parents because it was actually a lack of a relationship. It was more like, okay, we're going to tell you these things and a good luck. Yeah. You know, it was very hands off with their-
2: the opposite of helicopter. Yeah. Right? <laughs> they get in helicopter. They go
1: off.
2: <laughs> they were like, boy, Why?
0: that wing just.
1: <laughs> um, I've shared my, my fondest movie. I have lots of, of, of them uh, with Malcolm because we've had a lots lot of, of interactions. Right, right. I, yeah, all we you have. here. Um, but yeah, I'm just, I'm I'm proud of you. Happy to see Thank you you're here and all the possibilities ahead of you and things yeah, like that. Right. And I'm like, going to fly, baby bird. Fly.
3: Wings. Right. <laughs> <Ta-ta>! Wings. <We must laughs> <stop. laughs>
0: alright <laughs> All
3: right. Well, all right. Man,
0: thank you for thank you for listening um, to all our dozen of fans um, we may or may not be uh, hosting a podcast over the course of the summer let us know what you think thanks for listening Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Caffeinated Cats. Don't forget to subscribe on either SoundCloud or on iTunes. I want to thank Stephen Houston and Malcolm Ashton for their production of Caffeinated Cats. Caffeinated Cats does not represent the views of Chico State administration or of the university and is solely representative of the views of the hosts and guests. Please tune in and join us next time for another invigorating discussion of Chico State and campus life.